We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is going on, Roto-Grinders? Welcome back to the NFL Pick 6 show week. Week number, lucky number 13. Hopefully y'all don't have the Triscodecophobia. Usual suspects, as always, two of the best to the sharpest minds in all of fantasy football, breaking down the main slate here. Uh, DraftKings, Fandle, we talk at home. Of course, we're going to feature three games as well. Rich Rebar from Sharp Football Analysis, John Daigle from NBC Sports, fresh off a, uh, a nice Thanksgiving, uh, what do you want to call it, uh, John? Uh, John, you're, you're good to go this week, I imagine. Uh, you you want to speak on <laughs> last week? Uh, There's a lot of comments as far as our show was very popular last week, and feel free to give any thoughts out there. Apologies to the one person that probably checked in to see what this pick six show was all about, and then he sees red-cheeked individuals stumbling over David Johnson's name. Nonetheless, quick <laughs> updates. One, I am okay. And, by the way, we were clairvoyant, like playing Tony Pollard with Zeke, the Deshaun Jackson man coverage call, it all went well until unlike champagne, like last year when I sacrificed my body for all the listeners, uh, whiskey sneaks up a little more on you. Could not control the ending of that one, but we're still clairvoyant in the Thanksgiving slate, the Sunday slate a little shaky. Uh, also, the second update is that, yeah, we're, we're still here. We're doing good, but I actually forgot what it was. I forgot what the second update was. So go ahead. Never mind. We'll put it on layaway. If it pops up, feel free to chime in. Richard, I'm sure I'll have are- another idea. <laughs> Rich, you uh, we were talking pre-show. You uh, took some of the thoughts we had as far as Thanksgiving. You applied that, that to your lineups, and you won yourself some American dollars. Tell me what happened. Yeah, American dollars were had. I was actually 
It was winning a lot of American dollars until that second Dawson Knox touchdown. But uh, we enjoyed a, a really fruitful Thanksgiving. We did had we had zero Dave Montgomery, and, and we rode off into the the wee hours of of the night watching Tony Jones run for one yard of carry and no one getting <laughs> any points from it. Uh, but yeah, the second Dawson Knox touchdown was the killer, man. Uh, I hung on for as, as long as I could. But yeah, then then we bounced back uh, to Sunday, and I was getting killed the entire day. I'm like, this is stupid. Football's dumb. And uh, I had a, a Ram stack come through. Uh, Odell finally decided to score a touchdown. And uh, we stacked up that game and uh, had, had a nice hit too. So we had a nice weekend. December's off to a good start. Tomorrow is uh, my 15th wedding anniversary. So shout out to my wife, Jennifer. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do a little dinner and stuff. So we had a good start to the, the, the Christmas month. Congratulations. I remember what my second update was now, and it is in honor of Rich's wedding anniversary. It is the David Johnson update everyone wanted. Just to let yeah. everyone know, he had 10 touches through the first 18 minutes of the game and then got injured. I just want to give that note. He was on his way there. I don't know what he was on his way to, but he was on his way to something. <laughs> Better than Tony Jones. I actually, I ran 150 in the Yahoo, the big contest over there, and I did have a pinch. I had a pinch of David Johnson, so he was actually in my pool begrudgingly. So did the Texans. Uh, oh, man. And I, the other guy, too. Uh, what's uh, what's Rex? What's, Rex Burkhead. Yeah, Rex Burkhead. I had, I think, a pinch of both, like 2 or 3% of both, like a just-in-case uh, firing off some lineups. Yeah, you figure one of them would get there, but yeah. How much yeah, Austin Walter did you have? Oh, we, I think he got the X button. <laughs> I think that's four games in a row now that the Texans haven't gone over 100 yards in the second half. Uh, but over the last month, they're now the last team in Football Outsiders DVOA. Their offense is, as you would guess, atrocious. Yeah, yeah, and they've good. announced that Tyrod is going to start basically the rest of the season, which makes no sense. But hey, uh, you know, I, I look back on the things that a lot. It's been a, a year of a, a bunch of crazy events in the NFL. But I look back at that Davis Mills just absolutely torching the Patriots defense. It's like one of the true <laughs> anomalies of the season. That Somebody put sideline throw into zone two in, into cover two uh, where Chris Conley jumped up between two defenders and they ran into each other and he had a 70 yard touchdown. Still don't understand how a Patriots defense breaks down like that. Who should be the quarterback for Houston? Should be Davis Mills? Is, is he still healthy? Is he a healthy number two? behind? Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like Tyron, when they're theoretically good, obviously Taylor's He's not their be the first quarterback, draft but- pick. <laughs> what round was he? Was he an actual, I thought he was like a, an undrafted free agent for some reason. He was actually in the second round. Really? I didn't know this. <laughs> Why wouldn't they play a second rounder? Good question. That, that's the question you're asking. And it makes I mean, they're handing the ball off to Rex Burkhead. What do you want me? I have no answers. <laughs> Dean, there's some wise men in the world, some great storytellers. That is no organization. It's so amazing how some organizations can be like super, super sharp, and other ones just like just have like no clue what they're doing. Uh, unfortunately for Houston, we're sorry. They are the uh, the former. Um, yeah, that's that that's rough for sure. We're going to talk the main slate, obviously, in a second. Uh, focus on three three games. Uh, first one on the slate is the Chargers. Chargers at Cincinnati, 15 and a half as far as the total. Cincinnati is a three-point favorite. You know, I ran my optimals on a, on a Wednesday, and this is always important to note. I always kind of mention that we're recording this on Wednesday. There's a lot of injuries that are out there. Some we know, some we mm. don't know. Just understand uh, the situations are fluid. I didn't see, uh, Dago, I didn't see Joe Mixon popping up in our optimals, like, basically at all very very little and he's been money in the bank he's awesome this season matchup against the chargers really solid chargers watching to run that they, they you know they subdue the pass as much as they can they welcome you and welcome Matt to run the ball and mixon has obliged he's been awesome this season and uh i saw it was a jim sons some he was tweeting out about 
Uh, no, he's the player that has appeared in the, the most optimal lineups on FanDuel this season. I believe six times Joe Mixon has appeared yeah, in the optimal lineup. he's been insane. His, his, his price on FanDuel, I do like a weekly price article, and he's popped up he, like literally all eight weeks of the season. He's popped up as been like, why the hell is he priced like this? And they finally got religion. Are people going to start playing him this week? or is it No, just he's 9-4 over there now. Yeah, well, the price is certainly adjusted. Yeah, he had never been eight k. He had never been over eight k. Last week was eight k. That's the highest he got. So they and then they'd take him to eight k to nine four, but they were dragging their feet the entire season. Like it, last week was the first time he's even eight k the entire year on Fanduel, mind you. Like Joe Mixon is a yeah. Fanduel running back, and yeah, it was the first time he's even eight k. And the dudes had a touchdown in eight straight games. Awesome. And he's eight one on DK, but the DK price is a little bit better as well. Like you said, he's more of a Fandle guy, touchdown guy, a little less as far as catching the ball, but he can, he's capable. What are your thoughts? I guess we'll start there as far as Mixon and this matchup against the Chargers on the ground. I mean, well, I, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I'm sorry. Here's the news. Go for it. Bad job. I have, on no, me. I have no idea. I'll go. I'll quickly go. Um, because well, one, it's an interesting slate. If we step back real quick, because last week we didn't want to play anyone. That's why like even Leone took down the Thunderdome with Ben Rossberger. That's what that was the thesis. If I could have explained it, I was not in the right situation to explain the David Johnson thesis was to save salary and allocate it elsewhere, which is why I was willing to pay down because it was such an ugly slate that that's how we were doing, knowing that all quarterbacks we're going to play were probably ugly anyway. So it's okay. Spend up elsewhere. But whereas this week, especially at running back, like every play again is just good. It's just going to be tough. We're going to see where ownership goes throughout the week. But this game in particular is really interesting because Chargers have blitzed at a top 10 rate this year and top 12 over the last month. Brandon Staley did scale back a hair whenever they needed to. Like they only blitzed Mahomes on 18% of his dropbacks in week three and Derek Carr on 17% in week four. And Reeves was well ahead of this on Joe Burrow's stats against the blitz 11 yards per attempts and now nine touchdowns this year against the blitz but we've also seen the Bengals change their offense entirely and lean on joe mixon at the sixth highest run play rate from neutral game script and fifth highest with a lead over the last month now out of their bye back-to-back games with at least 30 touches and so if you play joe burrow i think it's good um but you also clearly want to play him with the chargers receivers thinking that okay like the Chargers are what score or who score points. And then they have no choice but to get away from using Mixon while trailing and then go to Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, who last week, of course, was the GPP bro play of the week. And just that's the one time finally no one played him. And then if you played him in tournaments, he got there, of course, because his rates didn't change. Just no one played him. Yeah. Uh, who's your favorite run back on the Chargers side? Uh, it's still Keenan Allen for me. Uh, I'm hoping. Reeves can explain something going on with Justin Herbert because at this point you're, we're still just betting on talent in my opinion and we don't know which way it's going to go like weekly we thought we had it figured out with man and zone defense was it even then we've seen Mike Williams fail now pretty much in every game since week six like the one time we got excited about him Mike Williams on Sunday night he only had a 14 and a half percent target share he didn't reach 100 yards but he at least had the big touchdown to get to 90 yards and a score so it's not really even anything like lots of confidence we have in him outside of just being Mike Williams, a big play threat, hoping it's one of those games he hits. Reeves, you said in the, uh, the all 22, what do we have? Who's popping this week? Is it going to be Allen? Is it going to be Williams? Finally Williams? Is that going to happen? Yeah. I mean, it's basically a wing and a prayer. It turns out career target shares, you know, kind of come true in the wash. Uh, You know, he hasn't had 20% of the team targets in a game since the past six games, any of them. And really his only time he got there was like when the, uh, Steelers gift box a uh, t- touchdown to them 
uh, on that 53 yard play on Sunday night. So it's really tough to just like say like he's going to get it. Cause there's no peripheral usage that says like, yeah, this guy is going to break out like consistently with T Higgins. It was right. Like there's people kept playing T Higgins. Uh, you know, it, you know, he was, and he was still be like good. Like T Higgins, like outside of the week prior where he only had a couple of targets against the Raiders had consistently been good. He just haven't got everyone's chasing the ceiling week. Uh, and then it finally happened the week after, but there's nothing like that with Mike Williams right now. Like, so the targets aren't really there for him. They're all going to Keenan Allen uh, chargers. Still one of the, this low a dot offense. They're not really taking shots downfield. The right side of the line is still bad. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, circling back to the Mixon thing, you know, one of the things Brandon Staley's done in terms of adjustments is on the defensive side. Is it, it interesting enough? Like, so they entered their buy at the second lowest rate of stack boxes defensively. Teams are running all over them. Uh, and they've they're actually first in the NFL in stack box rate since the buy. Uh, they want teams to stop running on them. And they had been pretty good up until last week outside of the buy. They were allowing just under, you know, four yards per carry since the buy. And then they gave up some big runs. The game trip got away from them last week against the Broncos. And the Broncos were able to stack a bunch of rushing yards on them. Because uh, it, it is an interesting spot. The layout is to let people chase Mixon and then, you know, try to play the passing pieces here uh, as direct leverage. Also, too, the Bengals, their past three games, they have nine touchdowns, seven of them in rushing, two of them passing. Prior to that, it was it was 21 passing touchdowns to six rushing touchdowns. This is how these things happen in the course of the season. You know, ebb and flow. These things tend to correct themselves. Uh, they were skewing way towards one direction, and it's smack dab. You hit a hot streak of rushing touchdowns. Eventually, that's going to flip now, and we're going to get some passing touchdowns here, too, because uh, the team scoring this many touchdowns and that good uh, is going to have, you know, passing touchdowns. I mean, T. Higgins did tackle at the one-yard line last week. You see, like, how these things happen, and you get run, run into rushing scores. Um, Justin Jefferson's done it, like, 100 times this year, it feels like, getting tackled <laughs> at the one-yard line. So it does set up that that way well. Uh, Chargers side, I think, is pretty clear. Like you talked about it, the target's going to Keenan Allen. The ball's going to Austin Eckler. He's got seven rushing touchdowns, seven receiving touchdowns. Uh, kind of just jack of all trades. He's got that role. And interesting enough, he's not running the ball at all. He's even had more than 12 carries uh, in just one of his past six games. Like he's just he's just kind of getting there by the the scoring the scoring route. He's even gone over 100 yard total yards. I think in only two of his past five games. Uh, but the touchdowns have just been there weekly. Uh, so yeah, he's he's a run back too. Uh, I think interesting enough, and it's gross, and no one's gonna want to hear it. But a lot of people are going to say, look at the Chargers splits. They're going to say, yeah, tight ends against the Chargers. Yeah, tight ends against the Chargers. But, like, we've done this with Uzelma before. He had a matchup two weeks ago against the Raiders. And, you know, he's just not involved. He's got those two spike week games. Even the one game he got there on three targets. He's just not getting the ball. I actually think that this does set up well, like, your cheap guy here, if you're going to do, like, doubles and onslaught this game, actually is Tyler Boyd for that reason. Because, like, slot guys, interior targets against this defense, the way it's designed, I actually think it, it is, like, more of a, a Tyler Boyd setup uh, for to be one of those, like, sneaky guys to, like, come and be, have one of those spike weeks. That one will fly under the radar, too. Like, with T. Higgins, we had reached four weeks in a row, and that's why no one played him. Like, they just can't do it anymore despite the rates. Like, Jamar Chase, we're not at that point yet. People are still going to want to play Jamar Chase, even after a 12.5% target share last week. So as far as fantasy, point, uh, fantasy points given up, Fandle specific as a team, as a collective, we talk about how the Chargers let you run. They're, they're much tougher against the pass. They are the second best team in all of football as far as yielding collective fantasy points to wide receivers, 21.64. Uh, and like the Cincinnati receivers, they're always in play. Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Greaves. How much does that subdue? How much does that make you not want to play them necessarily? And again, it's pointing to Mixon. The price is bumped up on them. And you never really know as far as touchdown variance, but 
it doesn't look like this great matchup. Doesn't mean you can't beat it. But I don't think like just as a general Chase Higgins, you talk about Boyd possibly being the best when you factor in salary. I, I'm not thrilled to play Chase and Higgins. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's a mistake, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, I brought up those, the, the splits, right? Since they're week seven by, they've been trying to load the box more, right? Now let's look at your wide receiver stats and take the, and go away from the 10,000 view of 12 weeks in the NFL season. And now let's look at just how they've been against receivers since the buy. Definitely not as good, right? Uh, obviously last week, the game script gets in the way. Denver just doesn't throw, they turtle. But let's look at the week before that, what they do against the Steelers. Oh, Deontay Johnson, seven <laughs> for 101 and a touchdown. Chase Claypool, five for 93 and a touchdown. How about the week before that? Justin Jefferson, nine for 143 and a touchdown. Adam Thielen, five for 65. How about the week before that? Devontae Smith, five for 116 and a touchdown. Uh, you see you see how this, the, you know. It can get noisy, for sure. Yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot of noise, and it's hard to separate the noise, like what's real and what's not real. And by the way, I just did it for the last four weeks. I just kind of ran it real quickly. First of all, New England, 11.05 collective fantasy points to wide receivers. Like, it's insane. <laughs> like, good, I know it's only four you know, it's only four weeks, but still, that's an insane number. The second best team, second best team, by the way, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, 17.93. Again, smaller samples, more variants, more goofiness, but kind of sort of somewhat interesting. The Chargers, more or less middle of the pack, uh, to your point. Yeah, because they've been trying to insulate some of the – and protect what happened in the front half of the season where teams were just running for 200 yards a game on them. And, they, you know, so they were trying they, – and they had collectively made changes. Like, you look at their – how they defended the run since the bye, it's been a lot better. Now they're still giving up a bunch of rushing touchdowns, so it doesn't matter. But uh, they've been better than what they were before. Uh, they just don't have quite the personnel to play that system in terms of like guys, you know, with the run fits. But uh, I do think that the way the Bengals are set up, they, they can have some success throwing here for sure. Especially because where the Chargers give up production, they're still not giving up anything really like a lot of huge plays. Uh, you know, they did have the one to Claypool a couple weeks ago, but where they give up a lot of production still, the way it's designed is everything underneath, right? And, and that's where Joe Burrow, that's his whole game. Like, that's the whole thing, whole reason he was drafted. He's like an intermediate assassin. So I do think it does set up well to kind of, you know, have those guys that operate in the intermediate area, which is would typically why tight ends crush them. But I don't think he's almost just not involved, right? Like, they're just not going to, like, what's going to, strike a chord with Zach Taylor and be like, you know, we need to give CJ Zama eight targets today. Like we haven't seen no evidence of that. We have at least seen it a couple of times with Tyler Boyd. So I do think that like, he would be like the sneaky guy, but you're not going to like run him solo. You're, he's like when you want to get like a double and you're trying to get like a cheap piece back. So you're trying to do like Burrow, Chaser Higgins and Boyd, or, you know, you're doing Herbert, Keenan Allen. And so, you know, that's, that's when you're adding it. You're not going to do him as just a solo stack. You're stacking this game, Dagle. You start with Burrow, you're starting Herbert. It'd probably be Burrow, honestly, to combat any Joe Mixon because I, I, he's obviously going to come in top two, top three among all running backs rostered. Uh, having said that, like, it's just Herbert. I wish we could pick and choose better because his ceiling games, like he has four games over 30 points, over 30 fantasy points this year, but it's just been so, so hard. The Chargers in, in general have been just a inconsistent team. And so I think it's fine, but you mentioned earlier, like who would you stack with? Like Keenan Allen just seems inevitable with double digit targets in every game since they're by. And I also think if you're double stacking Herbert, like Austin Eckler is totally fine in this matchup as well. Yeah, you can play Herbert with Eckler with Allen and that's perfectly fine. That's not a problem. I'm I'm okay with running my one of my running backs with my quarterbacks and they, they're willing to catch the ball. No issues with that. Uh, Dingle, you got anything else as far as this game or uh, Reeves, either one of you? Shall we move on? 
No, it's fun. It's early game. It's got a high total. You could, you could get away with Jared Cook last week, given the lack of values on DraftKings like at tight end. I don't think it's this week since uh, you know everyone's going to gravitate to pretty much the same two or three tight ends that are underpriced. Foster Moreau is going to be so heavily owned. Uh, we Good, saw him get loose. It's going to be insane. Uh, like not nearly as much on FanDuel, just the way things kind of line up. But his DK price, I think he's like 2.7 or 2.8 or 2.9, somewhere in the twos. He's 2.7. And it's almost definitely that Waller is going to be out. I think they said he's week to week. So, yeah, yeah, he's going to be really, really popular on DK. The next two games are featuring are both in the late slate. Uh, man, I don't want to talk about Seattle. See, San Francisco at Seattle. Seattle is getting three points at home. 45 and a half <laughs> is the total. That was the line, at least before Adrian Peterson was signed to the practice squad. I'm not sure if that moved the needle yeah. or not. But, uh, I mean, good Lord. It's a match made in heaven. Pete Carroll and Adrian Peterson oh, yeah. is two yards per carry. Oh, like, what are we doing here? Uh, Reeves, jump in. Uh, I, I, Seattle's just a mess. I, and Russ, I mean, I don't know if it's correlation, causation, coincidence, whatever you want to say, but he's clearly been bad since coming back from a finger injury, which some people say he rushed back from. I don't, I don't know what to do with Seattle's offense. It looks horrendous. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about that, I don't know how much we can stretch the finger thing, continue to stretch it out, uh, uh, because he was actually bad before he got hurt as well. So I don't, I don't really know how much we can attribute to the finger. I mean, this offense was already, they started the year awesome. Like the first two games, they were great offensively. Actually the first six quarters, I should say the second half of the Titans game, they were, they started to nosedive and it just really never kind of bounced back from that point on in terms of like three and outs, just starting to not really run any offensive plays, sustain any drives. Uh, I feel bad for their defense because like on a per play basis, like their defense is actually pretty solid. But the, te- the opposing teams just run 70 plays against the game, so it doesn't matter. Um, so it just crushes them. And it crushes all their, like, raw totals given up. But on a per-play basis, they're decent. They just get dog-walked the entire game because they're on the field so much. Uh, it, I saw some people asking, like, who who could see Adrian Peterson be like, oh, yeah, we need that. And it's – yeah. And, and it's it's this team that's been watching Alex Collins run for five weeks in DJ <laughs> Dallas and Travis Homer. Like, they're internally like, yeah, that's probably an upgrade than what we've got going on. It's been so bad. I mean, Alex Collins hasn't even gone over 40 yards in his past, you know, five games. They tried to give Rash, Rashad Penny a shot two weeks ago. He hurts his hamstring. In a very, he has 18-yard carry the first play and hurts his hamstring, of course. Uh, uh, Travis Homer can't stay in the field. DJ Dallas has flashed a little bit, I guess, in context, but, like, they apparently don't want to, like, give him any extended run. It's just a mess. Now they're not giving DK Metcalf the ball. Um, and any of these guys, like, if you just put their offense and, like, measure it up against anyone else in the league in context, you can say, well, well there's DJ, DK Metcalf still has a, a, a 27% target share. Tyler Lockett's running a route at 90% of the, of the pass routes, which is, like, 12th among running backs. But yeah, in terms of routes per game, he's like wide receiver 45. Like, you know, this team, they've, they've run fewer than 50 plays the last two weeks. 50 play, fewer than 50 plays. In well, a that game. happens when you're three and out every, every drive. Like, that's going to happen. <laughs> it's insane, man. Like, you can't even, we can't even, we have to take target shares and route participation, all that stuff that, like, we like and just throw it out of the window of this offense. Because in context, like, they're just not, there's just no raw volume here. Like, they're just not running enough actual plays to make us care about any type of upside since russ's return uh, the seahawks have averaged 19 and a half minutes time of possession per game and uh, of course they've only scored on three of their 30 drives and that includes those eight completions for 86 yards and a touchdown with two minutes remaining uh, on monday night 
Oh, man. But you picked this game, Dago, and I assume you picked this game <laughs> because you want to talk about the 49ers. I assume you don't want to talk about Seattle. He's got to have a David Wilson playing this game. <laughs> if you, the, since Elijah Mitchell is pretty much the hone, like everyone's honing in on three running backs on the slate. So I just feel like we need to touch on all of them. Uh, Antonio Gibson being the other one between Joe Mixon and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I think the 49ers offense is fun, though, because there's just loads of variables of what happens without Debo Samuel since he had basically become James Conner and being touchdown dependent on his touches the last two weeks. Uh, last two games, he's actually logged as many snaps, 21 as a true running back, as he's played from the slot, totaling just six targets and two catches in that time. So maybe Brandon Ayuk slides in to replace him. <clears throat> Ayuk is more than capable of doing that. Maybe they just give even more touches to Elijah Mitchell, which seems insane after last week's performance, but it could happen. Or maybe Garoppolo just passes more, which increases the ceiling of Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle as well. So I think there are a lot of ways to play this offense, and it's probably an offense you want to play for all the reasons we just noted for the Seahawks defense and offense. Couple questions. Hasty, there's a possibility he comes back. Who don't? Who knows? But uh, will that hurt Mitchell? Do you think Hasty would grab the third down plays? Because we did see, like you said, yep. uh, Mitchell with six six targets last week. Which where have those been all season long? Do you think Hasty would step in for third down? I know it's a tough question. We don't know if he's playing, but it's a Wednesday night where you're going to guess and do our best here. He had a uh, he he disappeared there for a little bit with zero targets in two games ago, I believe. But he had ten targets and totaling in two of his last three games, uh, maybe even three of his last four. I'm looking this up really quick. Yeah, yeah, he had he had five targets as well a couple of weeks back. So that's not the only time we've seen him pop up. We don't expect it, like you said, with Hasty in there as the third down back. I would imagine that's how they use Hasty. But again, there are variables with this offense without Debo Samuel. So maybe it just increases the ceiling of everyone anyhow. Second question, who is Jawan Jennings? Uh, I saw... One of the beats on Twitter say he's probably going to be their wide receiver too. He's 3-1 on DK. I presume he's probably like 5K or so like that in Fandle. Uh, is he playable? Is he just going to exercise? Do we know? He does. He is a bigger like tight end version, essentially, of wide receiver. Doesn't really fit the mold of like their smaller, faster yak guys. But he is big. And we've seen now he was actually a off-season like discussion as their number three receiver here in training camp and that's why like in some of the galaxy brain 49er best ball stacks and for weeks <laughs> 15 through 17 all which none hit by the way because you know Mostert, <laughs> Samuel now Trey Lance none of Trey Sermon as well none of them got there but Jennings was mentioned as their third receiver and now we've seen them get a couple end zone targets the past two weeks as well a touchdown this past week and so I don't, I think it's going to be more than cardio, especially since we're trying to take these six carries per game that Samuel has averaged the past two, the past three weeks out of the offense and instead give those passing, like more passing volume to Garoppolo. So I think he's a while thin, like larger field option. I think that's honestly fine if you're playing Garoppolo. 3-1 on DK, 5-3 on Fandle, not even like a 4-5 or a 4-6. Like he's been playing, you know, a bit here and there. And I look at the, his snap count week 10, 47% of the time. 48% in week 11. And again, not a ton of targets, obviously, but uh, in theory, he'll be, we should mention Debo Samuel not expected to play. That's the reason why we're talking about him. If you guys missed that, that's why I look is uh, interesting as well. Jump in here, Reeves uh, thoughts. If you have a J uh, Juwan Jennings, by all means, uh, if you have a take on him, please fire it off. And the rest of the San Francisco offense. Yeah. He was a pretty garbage prospect. Uh, fifth year breakout, uh, you know, the, the vaunted fifth year breakout in college. Older this is his fifth year. He was he was a fifth year. He was a fifth, five year senior. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. 
Go ahead. Uh, you know, older prospect, bigger guy though. Yeah, big body. I mean, granted that program was was trash at that time, so uh, it's, it's not completely his fault. But yeah, I mean, he he was he never really was a guy that flashed like in terms. That's why he went in the seventh round. But uh, any listen, anyone in the 49ers, they could scheme anything on a on a dime here. We just think they pull the rug on us anytime. But uh, Ayuk has been involved. I mean, he's got over a 20% target share in each of his past five games already. So he's already involved. We already seen with also with Debo Samuel out last season, he had 25% of team targets. Uh, granted, George Kittle was also out all but one of those games as well. But we've already seen him kind of get his way, climbed out of Hades. He's back into kind of the good graces of Lord Shanahan uh, and is involved in the offense. He's playing well, too. It's not like he's just been out there. Like He's actually been playing well the past few weeks. So I do think that he's probably the the guy that we'll see kind of get the largest kind of bump outside of Kittle. You remember Kittle only had two targets last week. Like, so anything that goes like in context with Juwan Jennings, like remember, like Kittle's not going to get two targets every week. Four ers do this to us quite a bit more than we like with George Kittle, but they're, he he'll, they'll just ghost him. Like, you know, every few games <laughs> and you're just like, what the hell, man? Like you just forget he's on the team. Like, and yet that happened last week, you know, only the two targets and granted like Minnesota, like their underlying peripherals too, like they've been really good against tight ends all year. So maybe like there's some stuff that we go back and I know Pat Pete was on him for a little bit, uh, but you would expect George kill just a mall dude like Pat, Pat Pete. So I know, but we'll go back and he ran a season high pass pass routes for drop back though. And only a two targets. So that's kind of a bummer. I imagine that's not going to be sticky. I think he'll get more targets moving forward uh, is basically what I'm saying. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's hard to say with Garoppolo because, like, anytime, like, we believe in Garoppolo, like, we, he never gets there, right? It's always when we don't believe. Uh, he's never a guy I've gotten right, uh, even in my article all season. Even when I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a week you can stream him. Nah, it's just like another week. Last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah, it just he never gets there when we want him to get there. Yeah, last week I kind of entertained him a little bit, uh, especially on FanDuel Cash because he was 6'5". And, uh, you know, we that game got so much steam. I was like, man, if, if, if he's only 6'5", like we talk about you playing, you know, Leone played Roethlisberger, we can pay down at quarterback this week. And yeah, he was, he just didn't get there, man. Even if he would have got the other Juwan Jennings touchdown, he wasn't going to get there. So um, it's it's tough. I mean, Ayuk I, and, and Kittle were be my primary focus, uh, you know, and then, you know, you have Elijah Mitchell. But remember Elijah Mitchell, he's got five games with zero targets. So if he doesn't score a touchdown, he did score a touchdown last week, but he doesn't score a touchdown. You're just getting hollow yardage at his price. I He's not the type of archetype of guy I like to play in DFS very much, except for when they're cheap. And and to Dean's point, the five target games came in the instances that Hasty either got injured in the game or was out. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm hearing you correctly, do you think that's good chalk or bad chalk? Because like, as far as I can tell, again, who knows on Sunday, but it looks like he's going to be uber chalk Mitchell. And it sounds like you're not necessarily, you know, if you fade those touchdowns somehow and he gets 112 yards on the ground and like one catch for seven yards, you're, yeah. you're fine. You're good. I mean, there's yeah, I, the thing is like, given, given the time of possession, like given that the 49ers could literally set the NFL record for plays run in this game, <laughs> since it's was handing the ball over. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, it literally could be 35 carries. I'm not kidding. It could be 35 carries for Elijah Mitchell in this game. Yeah. Also, he said 27 and 32 touches the last two games. I mean, Greg said hasty didn't play, but. I mean, well, the touches have been there. It's hard. I mean, like I said, he's he's kind of a tweener price. The one thing that's going to happen to this slate that, like, is still TBD is the Daryl Henderson stuff because, like, both mm-hmm. sites got pretty much were good on Madison. Like, they at least priced them. Uh-huh. And we kind of got a mid-price on, on Jamal Williams, but Sony Michelle is not priced up on either site. So if 
Daryl Henderson doesn't play and Sony Michelle, mind you, took every single touch when, so, when Daryl Henderson missed week three, except for one out of backfield. And it was against the Buccaneers. Like Sony Michelle is going to be like the go-to dude. Cause he's, I think he's five, three on FanDuel and four, three on DraftKings. Yeah. And he's the one guy they didn't price up throughout like all of this chaos um, of backup running backs. And if Daryl Henderson doesn't, cause he didn't practice today, it's Wednesday, mind you. But if he's the one, that's the one thing, like the news you have to wait on because he'll be the other log in the fire here that'll just open things up. Massive, massive home favorite against the Jaguars. Yeah. Like that's what you want. And like, maybe, maybe that's what the Rams are thinking. Like, why do we need to push Henderson if we're facing the Jaguars? You know, we, we don't, you can use anybody for anybody back there. Adrian Peterson could lead them to the victory this week, I suppose. Uh, like you said, the price four, three on DK five, three on Fandle, $13 on, Yad, on Yahoo, three bucks above the floor on Yahoo. And uh, it is worth noting we we're talking about San Francisco. Uh, Ayuk is m- much more appealing to me. Of course, you can play him on Fandle, but five, six, five, six on DK and seven K on Fandle. Uh, certainly playable there, but just looks, I think he's popping more on DK just because of they, that. They refuse to move him. They, they do not care how many routes he's running the past month. They are not budging. <laughs> we got people else have this? been playing him. People have been playing him over there. I mean, is, is, is anyone going to make a sell on any of the Seattle wide receivers? I thought that's where Tegel was going. Uh, somebody, well, yeah, um, what was it? Uh, Levitan put out a tweet about uh, since the foursome for DK Metcalf, <laughs> he's lost a lot of targets. I don't know if it was a correlation or what, but <laughs> shout out to Levitan. Levitan is all over any sex stories that, and I, I never like even understand what's going on unless I'm listening to the solo cast and I hear it. It's like I would never have guessed that story, but I also imagine. Like when uh, David Johnson gets touches, he gets pinged whenever players get into sex scandals. So he just easily <laughs> looks down to his notification and sees them. Oh, man. Uh, I, Lockett, do you want, do you way, want to make a sales Lockett pitch? Lockett would be my choice. It's not even a hard sales pitch. Uh, it's just been the fact that Lockett has separated himself since Russ returned and really no one else has. I mean, I guess Gerald Everett also, who leads the team in target share since Russell Wilson returns. Um Everett also over 70% of the team's dropbacks in that time running routes. So they have clearly gone ahead with Everett as their tight end one since that time. But overall, yeah, for me, it's either Lockett or Everett. Man, it's just, and no, I, are people just going to say no? I think, I, I think people are just not going to play them as far as the receivers. And it's, they're priced cheaper than they, they typically have been historically, but more expensive than their output, like especially Metcalf, like of late. I don't know what's yeah, going DK on. DK was starting to drop uh dk uh yeah down uh in recent weeks because of the output but they still haven't gone like really as far as where he so what he's six seven he's still like he has to go like full beckham like we've seen beckham like plummet right same guy but yeah yeah and beckham was a guy like he's still egregiously priced i think um (laughs) uh, but yeah here we go again but uh yeah i mean you don't think there's gonna be like big steam though just from like the squeaky wheel narrative because like all pete did was answer questions about dk metcalf like and not getting the ball like i mean it's crazy even on the two-point conversion he was wide open i don't know what story is man i don't know what's going on that's and also like the, the you know going back to the offseason there was rumors that russ wanted to get traded and he said like well i don't necessarily want to but if you are going to trade me here's a list of teams that you know please send me to these cities and i i don't know man it just seems like a big old mess there in seattle and just the, the whole season is a disaster. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be wild. This offseason is going to be crazy. You know, we saw Stafford get traded this year, and, like, you really don't see a lot of those moves anymore in today's NFL, and it's, like, coming back. We're going to see probably – we just don't know what's going to happen with Rodgers and Russ, like, all. But, like, if, if he if he was trying to get out last year, like, what do you think is going to happen this offseason? And given the poor quarterback class, like, 
Trubisky, we think, is going to be starting somewhere. Uh, Jalen Hurts, the Eagles still have to answer that question. Uh, the Titans is going to trade him. The Titans rebuilt around Tannehill and Derrick Henry, basically two contracts. And like, who knows? Like, they have so many decisions they could make instead. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting. This offseason is going to be fun. Trubisky, Watson, Watson's going to go somewhere. Trubisky's going to start somewhere. Uh, it's probably a one-year bridge, but I would imagine Trubisky does start somewhere. Rodgers is going to play for Pittsburgh. I'm breaking news right here. He's going to be the Steelers quarterback. How about that? Does that work for everybody? It I works for all the, the you think they're going to trade a bunch of draft picks, though? That's not is it, really is it Rodgers a free agent? I thought he was a free no. agent. No. No? They have to trade him. Oh, well, I don't know. Ben won't be the quarterback. How about that? Like, there's no way. Please, please. They can't. Ben, ben won't be the quarterback, and Mason Rudolph will still be the backup. No. Just- <laughs> ben, Ben's just going to hold them hostage on principle now. I'm not even a Steelers fan, but like, it's just so terrible what he's doing. He's bringing that entire uh, – all right, let's move on to game three. Uh, I don't want to go on my Roethlisberger rant, but he is so bad. Uh, Washington against Vegas, 49.5 is the total. Vegas is a 2.5-point favorite. Reeves, I'll let you open this one up. Well, I guess, you know, we got to have the Antonio Gibson conversation here. Um, when we don't know for sure uh, if McKissick is going to be out or if he's not going to be out, and I don't know if it matters – Right. How much does it matter, Reeves? Because, you know, we've seen Gibson since the bye week, you know, earlier in the year, of course, they were babying him a ton, but now they're just feeding him every possible touch he can get. Well, there's a reason for that. Like, right. Like nothing has changed with Antonio Gibson. I mean, he had some tar- the targets he got like in game script. But so think about this before the bye, Washington had trailed for the highest amount of snaps in the NFL, more than the Lions, more than the Jets. What is Antonio Gibson's role? He's the mo- one of the most game sensitive, game script sensitive running backs in the NFL. Why wasn't he touching the football? Of course, he has the shit injury and all that stuff, but like his role in the offense was not to play in those situations. Now, they haven't trailed for one second half snap at all since the bye week, and they trailed for just 51 snaps total, none in the second half. So, why do you think Antonio Gibson now is able to stack these touches? Oh, the game script is more fatal for Washington. It's funny how that works, right? Uh, yeah, that's how that's it's all come together right now. Now, if JD McKissick's out, it makes it now gives him some it's a little bit insulation, right? The game script because they're not just going to put a lot on Jared Patterson's plate, uh, you know, especially in the passing. Like, if they weren't even doing it for Gibson, like, why would they just have uh, a, a you know, a, a five foot, a five foot nine guy coming to and start, start blocking guys, like, you know, so. Uh, I don't believe that uh, Jared Patterson would just like be a one, one a for Jamie Kissick's role. So it would give Gibson insulation for game script if Washington does fall behind. So that's what matters here uh, in, in terms of Jamie Kissick's availability, because Gibson, like nothing's changed. They just have been winning. That's the whole, that's his, his role has been tied to game script. It Maybe he's gotten been. healthier. Is that possible? You make a great point. It's an awesome <laughs> point. Is it possible? He's like, look, because he was banged up over the season. Is it possible he's healed that a little bit? He has a fractured leg. It's not like. <laughs> <laughs> he got like 37 he touches off. last week. <laughs> he even limped off at one point on Monday night. They just, it, I think it just comes down to also they have nowhere else to go. Like they know who the most talented player is. And so it just runs centric around him. Uh, it's either that or you Taylor Heineke back 40 times a game and let him throw. So I think that's what it becomes. Interesting game theory, just sort of like lineup construction thing is this Antonio Gibson. And we don't, if we don't know the story with McKissick come Sunday morning and we're waiting for actives and inactives, that's a four Oh five game. And not just that, but the Rams, Sonny Michelle situation with, with, uh, with Henderson's a four Oh five game. So, you know, we don't dig into that too much Reeves, but that's definitely uh, oh, yeah. something that might, we might have to face come Sunday. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I mean, the matchup is great too. Like, I mean, obviously like I said, Washington's been playing clean football. 
you know, if you, even if you're projecting, you know, positive game script, it's a great matchup as well on top of things. So, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a good play and he was on Monday night. So the price, they couldn't move his price. So he was yeah. grandfathered in to his pricing on both sites because he played on Monday nights. So they couldn't even recalibrate for him having another really strong game. Uh, so all these things line up to where he's an objectively good play and even a better play if McKissick is out. Um, because like I said, you get some of that insulation of him not being game script sensitive. Six two on Fandle, five seven on DK. Like that just looks like such a such a good play. Uh, jump in here, either your thoughts, Dago, as far as uh, Gibson. And what what if we do get news that McKissick is playing and he's fine? Uh, how much does that suppress your uh, you, you would like Gibson? I think I still like him because you still like this matchup. Uh, it's interesting because Las Vegas under Rich Passaccia has pressured quarterbacks at the eighth highest rate in the league, but they've still leaked points. They've leaked 29 points per game in that stretch and a league high 32 over the last month. Uh, Heineke's been respectable under pressure, 6.7 yards per attempt with only four turnovers on 96 dropbacks against pressure. Uh, but overall, yes, we know what Washington wants to do with a top five run play rate since they're by a neutral game script. Again, they haven't even led, like Reeb said, just what they, they trailed for one snap in that span. But just in being within one score, they've still been run heavy out of the bye. So it just really comes down to game theory and the fact that Gibson just didn't get the Monday night bump. That's all. And so 5,700 for a 25, 30 touch guy is, even though he's injured, it's absolutely insane. Uh, and so, of course, he can still easily get there if this is a competitive game. That's why the Raiders are also interesting, though, because Foster Moreau, Deshaun Jackson, like they're all still super cheap. And we only expect Jackson's role to grow. Even in having 100 yards and a touchdown last week, it was only three targets, yes, but you know what you're getting when you play Deshaun Jackson. And let's say on DraftKings, even FanDuel, since it's touchdown dependent, like you'd still roster him hoping for the ceiling game. He ran the fourth most routes among all their receivers. And that's what he produced on the fourth most routes. So if his role, as it has in all three games he's played with the Raiders so far, continues to increase then like there's still a lot of meat left on the bone here for Jackson. So there's just a lot of ancillary good plays, like ceiling plays in this game. If you're trying to pay down elsewhere. Yeah. I'm just pulling it up as far as uh, the snaps, but we can like to your point week 10, very first week with the team, 17% of the snaps for Jackson, then 34%, then 48%. And you assume it's only going to increase. I don't know if it's going to get to hundred. Obviously you don't necessarily need that. Yep. And like you said, you're just, you're just playing them for that one big, you know, uh, one big 80 yard catch, the Ricky Bobby style. If you lose them, you lose them. So be it. You want them to get loose in the secondary. Uh, your thoughts here, Reeves, as far as the Raiders, are you in on Jackson? And we already touched on Foster uh, Moreau, but, you know, we, he played 89% of the snaps last week, pretty much probably going to be on the field basically every single snap this week going forward. Waller got injured early. Um, yeah. I mean, is that, is Foster Moreau good chalk? <laughs> because it's, it's going to be chalky. I mean, two seven is hard to push back. It's hard to have push back on anyone two seven. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna fight back on that. And we listen. We we talked about the Raiders on the Thanksgiving slate last week, and we had talked about just the necessity of why they just need to have Deshaun Jackson on the field. And you saw they were able to get him up to speed a little bit and get him on the field. He ran a pass route on fifty six percent of dropbacks. Coming into that game since the bye after Henry Ruggs uh, was released from the team. You know, Derek Carr was 22nd in the NFL and averaged up the target after he was third among all quarterbacks prior. He then spiked up. He was second among all quarterbacks in eight out last week. 
you know, just by having Deshaun Jackson available on the field opened up so much more for the offense. It's not always about what it just does for Deshaun Jackson too. It's just what it did for everybody else too. And it made this offense so much better because it was predicated on having that speed threat on the field. Now with Darren Waller out, like we might even see a little bit more extension for Deshaun Jackson. Now Deshaun Jackson is not going to be a full-time player. He's 35 years old. He's going to be a package guy still, but he still has the opportunity to maybe get a little bit more, uh, more run than even he had last week. And I mean, he was a guy that even if you, he had 50 pass interference yards too in that game. Hmm. Uh, So, I mean, they, they were taking deep shots with him. Uh, you know, I can't believe Dale missed up the revenge game narrative, uh, DJ, uh, DJ's revenge game narrative. Uh, but uh, Washington is the worst team against throws downfield in the NFL. Think about any success Seattle had in that Monday night game. Where'd it come from? The, the only thing they, the only time they moved the football was taking deep shots down the field. And they, they're 30, they're 32nd in the NFL in completion rate on throws allowed 15 yards or further downfield. Uh, they've allowed the, they've tied for the most touchdowns allowed on those targets. So it also does give kind of an inkling. If you do want to chase a little bit, uh, he's cheap enough. I don't know what he got bumped up to because he was like man on both sites on Thanksgiving. And then um, I, so I got Jackson on DK is four two on Fandle he's five two. Fifteen okay. bucks on Yahoo. So he only went up a little bit. So I mean, you can still chase some stacks. I mean, you you have a natural run back with Antonio Gibson if you want. Um, you also have that with the island of Dr. Moreau as well. Uh, he only did have the one catch in the second half against the Cowboys, even though being on the field. But, uh, you know, I, I always see him being brought up with what he did in that game against the Eagles. But he also did play the entire second half against the Cowboys, only had one target or one catch in five targets. Uh, but at 2-7, I mean, what are you going to do at 2-7? I mean, and even on FanDuel, I think he's five. Like, you just score a touchdown. Like, you're just asking for a touchdown um, as a tight end punt there. Uh, so, and, and, you know, Washington's a lot of touchdown, what, to a tight end three of their past five games. So at least you have that going for you too. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I have no pushback on Dean, Dean will get this reference as well. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, a lot of Luca in him and that he complains <laughs> like about, he wants every flag. Just ask him. Anytime you see a ball thrown his way, he will stop mid route and start complaining for the flag. My buddy just saw Luka Doncic in, in LA out there playing the Clippers. That's the first thing he said to me. He's like, man, Luka complains about every single call. He, he's like, even when he's not even involved, Luka's complaining. But to be fair, like if you were driving around Spain in a Lamborghini at 16 years old because you were the basketball god, uh, <laughs> maybe you complain about everything in life too. So it's, that's fair. You've earned everything. Dago, do you have anything uh, as far as, you know, Terry McLaurin? Uh, we saw Logan Thomas come back last week, played a bunch of snaps. Uh are we interested in this, that they're, they're going to be playing football, anything to get excited about, or just they're just sort of on the slate and you can sprinkle them in if you want to? You know, Terry McLaurin is going to be out there for every single route. Uh, you know he'll probably come in under roster, he seems to, every single week. So you just have to hope for a little pushback from Washington's offense. But also we expect Logan Thomas's, like Deshaun Jackson's role, to increase. And um, it's interesting because it is a onesie position where everyone's going to play the other, the opposing tight end on the other side of the ball and Foster Moreau. Uh, Logan Thomas only ran 28 routes and 41 dropbacks. But remember, in the first three games he was healthy for, he literally was on the field every single snap. They didn't take him off. And so I would expect him to increase to that rate now that he's going to be in his second game back from injured reserve. And so he is, he is an interesting play. I like it. I like Logan Thomas this game for a game theory stance, a matchup stance, all the above. We haven't acknowledged the chat the entire time. I just took a peek there. What up, chat? Hit that like button, subscribe, turn on notifications, fire off some. Well, we're going to run through really quickly as far as our favorite plays. Some favorite plays are going to stand out for us, position by position players that are not in the games we just talked about. And 
if there's anybody you want us to touch on, we'll do our best. We can't talk about everybody, obviously, but do our I best think, to get to those. I think this segment was where I blacked out at this point last at this time last week. <laughs> uh, was there was there arguments about Dontre Hilliard? Did we mention Dontre Hilliard on this show? Because that I felt like on Sunday when he scored that sixty yard touchdown, that was the equivalent of when Reeves got upset about Miles Gaskin chalk hitting because like. For, Hilliard was such a bad play, like 13 touches. We knew they were going to run. They, I think they ran, what, 63 plays? Like, we knew they were going to get average plays. We knew they were going to be a bad offense. Tannehill with 91 yards uh, against the Patriots, and yet people still played Hilliard, and he got there. was the most frustrating thing that happened on Sunday. You do, like, what, seven, eight, nine, ten shows a week? I think that was on a different <laughs> show. I'm sure they all, they all start melding together. Was. It's all, like, the same show. But uh, I don't think that was our show. Well, I, I don't know if you play. heard it, but I also fell asleep on a show. So uh, <laughs> that, that last week was a little bit of a blur. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Seamless segue into the sponsor of the show. It's uh, Jock Market. <laughs> Thanks, Jock Market. I appreciate y'all sponsoring the show. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where Daily Fantasy becomes a stock exchange. You buy and you sell shares and player of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50 using the promo code GRINDERS. That's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Get this. If you do not turn a profit this week, Jock Market, they're going to cover your losses in your very first event. Download Jock Market in the app or Play Stores or check out jockmarket.com and use the code GRINDERS for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. Reeves, some uh, quarterbacks we've not discussed in the games we've not discussed uh, I ran my optimals on a Wednesday night and we're looking at Tom Brady as the, uh, the chalk quarterback. We saw what happens last week when, geez, I mean, the, the clear leverage is like, well, what if everybody's playing Brady on a week where like there's yeah. no quarterbacks are actually good. Maybe let's just play the running back. Well, that's how I win everything. Uh, we'll talk about Fournette in a second, I suppose. Of course, uh, good matchup there in a dome against Atlanta. There's nothing you can say bad about Brady, right? He's fine. It's just that they just didn't, you know, he didn't throw any touchdowns because, you know, variance, I think. I mean, he, he has been a little bit down, uh, you know, what uh, he's got seven interceptions in his past six games. He's only thrown for over seven yards per pass attempt in one of his past five games. So he has been a little bit down based on just like the start of his season, but multiple passing touchdowns in eight of 11 games. The Falcons are, are awful. Uh, they don't rush the quarterback at all. They don't put any pressure on the quarterback. They've got one good uh, defensive back that doesn't move. So like you could, could completely avoid him. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to not, you know, dislike Tom Brady. I mean, we're going to see a lot of Brady stacks, I think run back uh, even though they were not fruitful last week. Um, and I still think man, the Ram stack is still really good to me too. Um, especially you can onslaught. I mean, you've got them as a 30, 30 point team total. It feels like just such a get right spot. I mean, the, the Rams have put themselves in such such bad holes the past three games. I mean, the three you have three pick sixes uh, over the last wow. three games. Uh, they, they just been, they've they've just been playing from behind, and it's been unlike any other. You get this is such a great spot, right at home against this Jaguars team that just cannot move the football. I mean, this Jaguars it's, offense is terrible. It's the same but situation yeah. as a Texans game, and like before Stafford got benched. Yeah, go over 300 yards with three scores. Like it's literally the same situation. It's arguably a better offense now that you know you have the explosive of Beckham, who is just egregiously priced. Some other quarterbacks yeah. that are popping up this week. Stafford, we you kind of mentioned there. Kyler Murray may be back. I, I don't know anything about the Marvel universe. Don't like hate me or anything, but I saw I think he tweeted out like a gif of one of the Marvel guys, and I think it was interpreted like I'm coming back. I don't know that that's not, does anybody which guy a, well, take a shot at it. Which guy was it, dude? Which it Marvel was like a guy? Really big, it was like a real. <laughs> 
Oh, was it with the, the character name you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, just take a shot. Take a shot. He, he looked like he, he looked like a really big dude. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Is he rock like or something? I don't know what his. He's not one of the. He's not one of the obvious rock guys. Like he's not one of the ones I know. What was his name? Do you know? Do you guys know the tweet I'm talking about? I don't rock follow like. any athletes on Twitter. Oh, well, it's, uh, somebody else retweeted it for the record. Like, Thanos. It's the great Thanos. <laughs> okay. Well, what is, is he? Uh, Kyler, Murray, Kyler Murray was saying he's inevitable. We don't need to go yeah. down superhero knowledge right now. Like, you, Reeves would be one on this show. I would be two, clearly, because you don't know who Thanos is, and you would be three. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to shame anybody, by the way. If you like those movies, have at it. Enjoy it, man. Enjoy yourself. Uh, it's just something I've never really delved into. But I'm not uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. It, you like what you like. Uh, yeah, so Murray, we think it's going to be back based upon a tweet. <laughs> At least I think he is. Uh, and Lamar against Pittsburgh, and we got Hertz, who also Hertz said today said he's going to play or he's, he thinks he's going to be okay. We'll see how that goes. Stay tuned. Uh, Dago, what do you have for me as far as some other quarterbacks? Any of those, or feel free to add to the conversation. Yeah, I just had Jalen Hurts also written down, especially like on DraftKings, he's only 200 cheaper than Tom Brady. So it seems like everyone would just find a way to get up to Brady. But I mean, Hertz is in like the same exact situation we wanted to play. Well, some of us wanted to play some Texans players last week. Uh, it's still a Jets <laughs> defense who allowed 7.3 yards per play and 40 points per game. And their five contests out of the bye before facing this terrible Texans offense. And now you get Jalen Hurts, who I imagine no one would want to play because of the ankle injury. Uh, we should still probably follow news tea leaves to see if he is clearly healthy. But if he is, like, you don't even need to stack him. You can also just do standalone option with him being naked as well. I just did a quick Google search, and apparently Tyler, uh, Kyler Murray channels Thanos with cryptic tweets. So there you go. It was Thanos. <laughs> we were at Thanos, uh, you know, ca- cashier tickets. Uh, by the way, there's a question here in chat. Not, nothing to do with quarterbacks or anything, but specifically they're, they're asking uh, Rebar. Uh, they want to know your thoughts. Why, uh, why, are, why scoring down this year in the NFL, just as a general thought? You have a thought on that? But yeah, I mean, uh, lots of thoughts on it. But really, I mean, the, the crux of it is, well, you know, you look at last year, the play in the pandemic and no home field advantage. And home field advantage was something that's been waning in the NFL anyways, but it was just accelerated at a higher rate last year especially when you look at like false starts and like red zone efficiency, things that like you would think crowd noise would have an impact on. Those things were, were way down uh, outside of NFL norms. And then the, the NFL literally just said like, we're going to call the game differently. I t- tweeted about today. I mean, there has been as many offensive holding penalties through 12 weeks in the NFL as there was the entire NFL season as last year. That's wow. not like coaching. That's not coaching or anything else. Like they made a cognizant effort to just not call holding last year. And it's changed. It's flipped. So why would the NFL uh, want to actively subdue offense? I mean, I know obviously they went, if an egregious holding happens, they're going to call it. But why would? That's a weird take to have because people tend to like offense is more fun, right? The same. I mean, the same one. Yeah. Like why? Do, why do they want to make pointing a tawny? Like they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, the kids it is, are watching. I, mean, I I did a show at CBS and Mike Conley was on it, uh, and I at, tried to add like I, I asked him if the NBA did like anything like this, and he said no. Like we're just like they just like started like just changing how they officiated the game uh then like because there's nothing like offensive like there's no coaching technique there's no like way to say like this is the amount of like regression that like offensive holding calls had you just decided not to call it it <laughs> is like, if you like, want to call holding you can call it in like nine out of ten plays right but there's it's exactly I, I had to tweet and there's exactly right now through 12 weeks the exact number of holding offensive holding calls there's the entire season of last year and we've got six weeks, five weeks left. How many weeks left in the season? Five? It's like Madden. <laughs> it's like Twitter updates. They keep adding weeks, right? They keep, it's I don't know, change they keep adding change. weeks. 
There's six if you include week 13. There you go. It's just the, my UCF bath. That was yeah, so, yeah, so there, yeah, there's six weeks left, and we're already at the same amount we had last year. There's probably going to be more than there was even the year prior, so it's like an all-time regression. But, yeah. Um, but scoring is way down. Uh, this month, the last month, because we just flipped over November, it was the lowest scoring month of the season. And, that, and, you know, that typically does happen as weather starts to change. You know, passing does go down a little bit. But uh, over four uh, – oh, just around four points per game from uh, – September and October, uh, November dropped in terms of the average points combined per game and above game. So it's, it was an ugly month. I think people hate fantasy this past month. A lot of people have hated due to the injuries. And that also played into this in the scoring going down too, just the amount of good players that have gotten hurt this year and quarterbacks where think of how many quarterbacks have made a start. I think the official number is believe if Glennon starts, it'll be 60. 60 different quarterbacks well he's already he hasn't started yet or he's only come off the bench i guess he came off the bench and then daniel jones came back we thought he was gonna miss and daniel jones came off the concussion yeah i'm looking forward i when i saw that uh when i saw that i immediately bet miami and then i I thought about it i'm like well wait a second like is that line really gonna move a ton like is glennon distinctly worse than jones like maybe he is but i'm not certain he is i think the line did move a little bit right and as far as uh i think it went like four or five so I got a couple points. I, I just can't believe like we're here with all the like the talking heads like the Dolphins are back and stuff. And, like we did this with the Steelers. The Steelers played like five terrible quarterbacks in a row. And people are like, oh, the Steelers are back. And then the Steelers start playing good quarterbacks and they can't win a game. The Dolphins have just beaten Cam Newton, Joe <laughs> Flacco, uh, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you know, and they did beat Lamar. But to be fair, the Ravens were ran 100 plays four days before that game uh you know so i mean let's not let's pump the brakes and granted mike glennon and then they play the jets next week and trevor simeon like it's, a, it's bad enough to keep the dolphins afloat let's not act like the dolphins are back to being like some great nfl team either can i invite you to it's my a- whatsapp uh so i i mean i live in south florida uh i grew up in south florida a lot of my friends are dolphin fans and they're all like oh my god break out the dolphins and like they're all celebrating how amazing and how two is going to be the and it's just it's the word it's incessant and i, I I'm, I'm not a fan i'm indifferent and just uh, listening to them uh, rave about how amazing the Dolphins are, like like you're saying, like let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit as far as the Dolphins. It's, I guess in the right direction. I mean, it's it's also Antonio Gibson, like you mentioned. Like game script hasn't changed for him. It's just the fact that they haven't trailed at all. It is uh, Washington's defense, and that like even in playing Brady, the Bucks only had 48 plays because Washington soaked the clock for like 11 minutes in that fourth quarter on one single drive. It's just little things like that. This is this is why we're here to talk talk through and sift through little things like that. We're just we here for the well, actually. That's all we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> Any other quarterbacks that are worth talking about, or shall we move on and talk about some uh, some running backs? Anything else? I don't think it's. A week, I don't think it's a week where you need to pay down. Uh, I think you're looking to get intricate around your paying up. And it certainly seems like there's going to be value to make that work. Like you know, again, just, oh god, it, it looks like there's going to be plenty plenty of value out there lurking. So um, you're probably going to want to get yourself a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, as far as running backs, I mean, man, we have some really, really good running backs and some good spots. Uh, I'll throw it to you, Reeves, like Taylor at Houston, Madison at Detroit. Now the Sykes did adjust that price. So good for them. Good on them. Uh, he still like, he's definitely in play uh, Fournette against Atlanta. If you just think more rushing touchdowns are on layaway there, uh, Jamal Williams, it's his backfield now in Minnesota. Looks like talking about the RBs. Who's popping for you. I have a main event team playing against Jonathan Taylor this week and I am Oh my God. I'm just on tilt. Godspeed. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is against the Texans, like literally the, the team that's the worst against like explosive runs uh, facing the number one running back in the NFL in that category. 
you know, John Taylor leads the NFL in carries 10 or more yards. Texans allow the most carries of 10 or yards per game. Uh, when these two teams played earlier in the season, he had five carries of 10 or more yards for a total of 129 of his rushing yards. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that's a lot of words on saying play a good player, but um, he's, I mean, he's man. underpriced too. I always tend to get right. He's 10-5 on <laughs> 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 or a Fanduel. He's 10-5, uh, yeah. so at least at least you got to pay. Uh, but we talk about yeah, it's it's running backs interesting this week because it's got all the things. If you want to pay up, those guys are great. Like Mixon's in a great spot. Uh, Eckler is in a good spot. Uh, they got Madison right, but like Madison is still a good play. Like he's still a really good play yeah. against the Lions. So like he's still in play. Like we don't have to just fade him because the cost. Um, Elijah Mitchell, you guys talk about uh, and all the touches he's getting. James Conner still goes overlooked and like he's getting Kyler. He gets to play with Kyler Murray now, like in that role. It's like a if you're to trust back. Thanos. Yeah, you know, so he gets to play with him. Uh, he play. He's been playing three games at Colt McCoy and getting all and just and soaking up touches. Now, what if uh, you know the Cardinals are, are back to being like a full fledged like bona fide uh, like fire shooting offense? Uh, Jamal Williams looks like a really good good priced guy. Uh, we might get Sony Michelle. I mean, it's it is are you, Antonio Gibson. Like it is across the board at running back this week. I don't know how you narrow you pull down there. Just too many plays at running back. It's so weird because it seems like it's alternating. Like one week we have ten running backs we love. I think was it last week? I don't like any of these running backs. Face was it last week? It's just kind of going back and forth. Can't we just get like five good ones every single week and just work with that? But that, that, that's kind of the way I, I'm looking at it here, Dagle. Uh, feel free to elaborate. Jump on up. You know, some of your favorites that are thrown out there. Jamal Williams five four on DK six five on Fanduel. You know, not the not like a flat out punt, obviously. And Madison, we talked about his price getting bumped up there, but that should be his backfield in a positive matchup. Seven point six k on DK eight seven on Fanduel. Fanduel not messing around, but like. Again, he should still be in your pool. Like, don't run away from that. He's essentially Cook. If you if you believe running backs don't matter, would you play Cook against against the Lions at 8.7K on FanDuel? Like, of course you would. Tego, what do you have for me? Yeah, you could easily argue Madison should be 9K. Um, you know, like previous starts prior to this year, we saw him get games scripted out. But this year, in his two starts, he has all 15 running back targets for the team. Like, he can't get game scripted out. He is the game script, no matter what happens. So he's an awesome play. Uh, Reeves touched on Jonathan Taylor on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, he's last week he was 9,100 and literally the toughest matchup imaginable. And even in a game that Carson Wentz passed the ball at one point, 26 plays in a row, like Jonathan Taylor, he reached his floor. Like we saw what his floor was nearly 20 touches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. And now he's a hundred dollar more in the complete opposite matchup, the best one possible. So, like, you could easily make the case that he should be 10K on DraftKings as well. He should be Christian McCaffrey price on DraftKings, but he's not. James Conner, like Reeves said, uh, season high backfield, season high share backfield touches before the bye. We saw him get game scripted out against uh, Carolina when they got run over, but after that, prior to the bye, he just handled every single touch over, you know, Benjamin. And then, you know, adding to the mix as if we need any more, if Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard are rolled out, Boston Scott is also just an awesome play because Kenneth Gainwell doesn't do the things that Sanders and Howard does. Like, he's a pass-catching back. Thus, we would expect... 20 to 25 touches for Boston Scott in an amazing matchup against the Jets too. Boston Scott, 6-6 six, six on Fandle. Okay, whatever, but 4-6. Four, 4-6 six. Four, six on DK. Um, and the Jets, I'm told. It's my understanding the Jets are a team that like to – they tend to give up a lot of fantasy points on Unless the Unless David Johnson gets injured. Yes. <laughs> Got to get it in there one last time. I mean, no, it, it, Dean, it's the rest of the season. Like, that's not <laughs> that's the running joke. It's next season and the season after. You're forever tied to David Johnson. Well, no, just the rest of the 2021. It's just part of it. It's like, it's part of canon at this point, the 2021 season. 
As far as uh, receivers, we talked about this Rams offense. They're going to get 30 points one way or another, if not in the ground, via via the air through guys like Cooper Cup. Um, yeah, I mean, he's what, what are we going to say about Cooper Cup here, Dago? Like, uh, of course, Cooper Cup is a good play. He costs a lot of money, but he's got to be in your pool, yada, yada, yada. Which uh, Tampa Bay receiver is the play? Is it Godwin? Is it Evans? I don't know. Antonio Brown's not going to play. Makes it a little bit thin. Uh, Gronk is an interesting tight end we'll talk about. He wants to get that record. Apparently, he wants to get the uh, most 100-yard game record uh, taken down uh, Tony Gonzalez, I believe. And uh, that will be against Atlanta. Or I think we tie it or we take it down. I'm not really sure. Just, you know, I don't know why I'm on tight ends, but that passing game for Tampa. Tampa probably could do whatever they want there against Atlanta. Uh, Dago, some of your favorite receivers, you know, again, Cup's great. The guys on Tampa are great. Who Who is it going to be? Is it Godwin or is it Evans? Somebody was asking in chat, and I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer. Play both. Play both again. Um, <laughs> like I knew it didn't work out last week. I actually, in smaller field stuff, I had the couldn't get away, couldn't pay down. I went the onslaught with the Bucks. It uh, doesn't matter when Fournette gets all four touchdowns. It does not matter at all that you have the onslaught with a rock. But, yeah, I think both are totally fine yet again. Uh, Jalen Waddle. also we've seen now, like even his floor is just worth paying up for at this point. If you take away that horrible performance and their season opener against the Patriots, uh, Jalen Waddle has averaged 10 targets from Tua in their five full games together, their last five full games together. And then um, if you were looking, this I think this is more of a fan duel play. Uh, of course, it is Odell Beckham. Uh, Cooper Cup, you can actually even put in some game theory into Cooper Cup since maybe no one pays up for him and everyone just takes Beckham after they ran the same amount of routes, played the same amount of snaps last week. And you can figure that out as well as Van Jefferson. But more of a fan duel, if you do play the Brady stacks, we know we're going to get volume from Atlanta side. Uh, maybe they just jam Cordero Patterson into the line for another 16 carries who seems like Cordero Patterson never regresses no matter what. But maybe maybe you could also get away with playing Russell Gage on FanDuel. That's the David Johnson play of the week, by the way. Uh, if you were looking for a run back, since you're not going to play Kyle Pitts, you know, you're going to get stuffed on Kyle Pitts because they're going to play a cornerback on him. And then uh, Cordero Patterson, it's not really a good matchup for him. Reeves? Yeah, one thing about Waddle to watch is Devontae Parker did practice today. Uh, and his targets, mm -hmm. you know, his, his target splits – were are significantly lifted with Parker off the field. Uh, it's not going to actually, it's not going to run him off the field, but Waddle's a guy that needs a lot of targets the way he's used to get over. Uh, so just something to keep an eye on for that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of, I think it's more of a Godwin game if you're, if we're picking a Bucks guy, but I don't think it's necessarily not an Evans game. <laughs> so uh, both guys definitely in play. I mean, I, I lean towards Godwin just because the the way the matchup is in, in terms of like where guys teams have gotten over on the Falcons, but also Evans had two touchdowns against the Falcons earlier in the season too. And he's really good and scores a lot of touchdowns. Um, we're back to the same thing. What's funny is two guys that kind of everyone is like not really sure what to do with in the off season, you, you know, and we're out on, we're Adam Thielen and Mike Evans. And they're essentially the exact same players they were last year. But you look at Mike Evans, like he look at, he, he has three or fewer catches in four of his past six games, but still, you know, is right there scoring touchdowns at will. Uh, Thielen's doing the same thing. Uh, just the regression isn't caught up to those guys. And they're basically the same players they were. So just keep treating them as is. Uh, I will say if you want to do like a cute run back, I mean, it wasn't just last week. I mean, Russell Gage is 25% of the team targets down three of the past four games. It's he's the, really their only guy. Kyle Pitts isn't happening. Uh, Kyle Pitts has one red zone target the past six games. Man. Like what's happening? What is going on? Like what is happening here? Uh, 
I don't know what to say anymore about Kyle Pitts. And I tell people like in redraft, like, what are you going to do? Keep playing him. But like those teams probably aren't very good. So their season's about to end. So it's really tough, uh, really tough where we are with Kyle Pitts. Cause it's been and ultimately like the season's going to look good, but since Calvin Ridley has been out, I mean, Kyle Pitts has died, man. Like it's, it's been rough. Can I get even, a, even oh, the, that should have been a perceived good game for the Falcons offense and Cordero Patterson. Again, he's Thanos. He's inevitable. He always gets there, but even Matt Ryan, like 190 yards, that's, that's pretty pathetic outing. Honestly. Can I get a Josh Reynolds at 3.4 K on DK take from anybody? Uh, he's five one on Fandle, but it feels like this is something that might be able to help you on DK. Uh, I'm not sure if you can lock in that touchdown, he's, obviously, but is that it's, it's playable? It's like a, it's like poor man's Deshaun Jackson. Because, like, you know, we talk about depth of targets, deep balls, and he has a 22-yard depth of targets since joining the team, but he's also only averaging four targets per game. And uh, even though he's second on the team in routes run, just two fewer than a Monron State Brown at that time. So, ideally, you would want more volume. You know what you're paying for, though. You're paying – you're not going to get, like, shallow targets. you got to hope he comes down with one of those deep bombs. And they're from Jared Goff. So, again, Godspeed. Let's move on. Knock out some tight ends. Uh, we, we talked about Foster Moreau earlier. Like he's going to be super, super jockey on DK far as we can tell. Uh, Kyle Pitts uh, is playing football, allegedly. I don't know how many stats he'll put up, but he's there. Uh, Hawkinson versus Minnesota. Andrews versus Pittsburgh. We haven't talked about the game at all. Um, Gusecki versus the Giants. Dallas Goddard kind of didn't do anything last week, but he's facing the Jets this week. They don't, they don't pass the ball, which is kind of a problem. Uh, Reeves, what do you have for me as far as, uh, as, far as tight ends? Yeah, man, the Dallas Goddard thing stings. Uh, it really does. Now, you know, just him and Devontae Smith always said, let's wait for a game where the Eagles have to throw it 30 times. <laughs> Neither of those guys did, did anything. It was terrible. I mean, Hertz was really bad in that game last week. I mean, he threw some egregious interceptions, but uh, it is a bummer. I mean, it's a great matchup, though. Like, uh, I mean, it's it sucks because it is one of these things where Zach Wilson's so bad, they don't score any points. Like, the Eagles throw 19 passes or something uh great matchup again now so for me to just take the dallas goddard cheese uh probably the only other guy like people are waiting on to see what happens is fryer moose in the concussion protocol he did practice today on a wednesday but obviously that doesn't mean anything with concussions but it does feel like guys are coming back from concussions more this year doesn't it like am i just making that up mm-hmm. in my head but if we, uh, dale you work at roto world like uh you guys do all the boy i feel like guys are are getting all, out of concussion protocol sooner than like it used to be like oh well, that dude's not playing next week and now that, I feel like it, I feel like it's the guys are getting back. That um, and uh, ankles, ankles don't seem to matter. Patterson had a high ankle sprain. And he came back and scored two touchdowns. Like it just doesn't matter. Uh, COVID list is the one that we ain't we ain't seeing you. Like even if you just paused yeah. them on Tuesday, you're not turning around on Sunday. Not a chance. I think Friar Moose like the la- like the other like kind of lower price guy people are waiting on because one they'll do the the BVP Ravens tight ends, but also Friar Moose just consistently getting in the end zone. I mean he's got five touchdowns his past five games at his price uh and this is gonna be a passing game for the Steelers I mean they all end up being passing games because they suck at running the football but I mean the Ravens like are a complete pass funnel like they're so good against the run they make everyone throw they load the box they blitz like crazy um and like all Ben's gonna do Ben's gonna throw 45 five-yard passes in this game it's gonna be a spectacle uh so yeah I think people will look at Friar I do kind of have some lukewarm interest in Claypool at his price in this game but uh I think Farmer's got to be away. And Ebron, Ebron went in the IR, right? He's done. Yeah. You like yeah. Gronk? So Farmer's out. It's only Zach Gentry. Gentry. Anybody have a Gronk take? Uh, what do you have for me, Reeves, as far as Gronk? 
Look at Gronk's Gronk's full game log. He's been good every time he's played. He's been awesome. No, he's been he's been he's been great. He's he's expensive though. Uh, he's seven K on FanDuel. Uh, and he's actually five three on DK. That's a lot better than seven K on FanDuel. Um, but he's been great. He's been great all all season. He's played fully healthy. So. Yeah, I think it was he's, four four last week on DK. So he took a big jump, and still at five three, it's like, yeah, I could play this guy. Sure, why not? But when you when you like when you want to roster like a cheap tight end and him um, and shootouts like like this, or maybe not in shootouts, just in dominant offensive games like this would be for the Bucks most likely. Uh, you have to like break your brain and just tell yourself you're not flexing a tight end. You're literally flexing a wide receiver because that's that's just what he is. Like um, if he goes 100 yards in the bonus, that's the same thing like you would be flexing a wide receiver with a touchdown. So him, Jasicki, previously Kyle Pitts before he retired, players like that, like, yeah, totally I think flexing is just fine. You just have to convince yourself you're not flexing a tight end. That way it's easier to swallow that pill. I also think if you're paying down, um, James O'Shaughnessy, interesting as well. You could He's your run back naturally with your Rams onslaughts. And we saw in week one, we've seen this before, before they traded for Dan Arnold, ran around on 78% of the team's dropbacks, had a 14% target share. Last week he comes in whenever Dan Arnold gets injured, does the same thing, just goes out there, runs every single route. He's going to be on the field nearly every single snap as their number one or two receiver. They both play at four o'clock. I just, I just took a peek at the chat, by the way, and the multiple people are talking about patches on Holy Hand. James O'Shaughnessy because, uh, you know, again, that's going to be his uh, his spot there for tight end with Arnold going by the wayside. But I'm just thinking yeah. as far as uh, lineup building, is that both four o'clock games? Because if you're behind, if you're behind moving on to O'Shaughnessy, if you happen to have uh, Morneau, what time is that game? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah so that's, that, that, that's an interesting idea. It's an interesting thought that uh, if your team's behind, you're playing some catch up, you're most yeah. likely going up a fair That's the only site you could play on that. Yeah, what was what yes. is he on Fanduel like five or six k or something? I mean, it doesn't matter because like that role in the offense literally, as they're just going to catch a bunch of eight yard passes. It's it's not twenty six hundred Moreau. Like Moreau on Fanduel, you, you mentioned earlier, he's a good punt play because like he is a dominant tight end. Like he he should be priced higher if Darren Waller's out. Whereas uh, O'Shaughnessy is just going to play the Arnold role, which is four or five catches, you know, five or six targets, and you're just taking the points, which you hey, don't Hey, Arnold about. was playing the O'Shaughnessy role first. That's, that's true, yeah. Whichever <laughs> way it works out. He's 10 bucks on Yahoo, the floor. Like, you know, Yahoo's, it's got a, it's the cap's a little more, uh, it's easier. You, you, you make you make sexier lineups on Yahoo and just kind of look at the prices already. I don't know how much you need that, but, you know, playable. But like four or five on Fandle, but, you know, I don't know how much you need that either. Like you said, most useful probably. On, on DK at, at 2.6K if he is. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the, yeah, he's the, he's the pivot. The thing that sucks about that is like, it's hard to like, when you have those cheap guys as like your light swap guys, it's hard to get up, right? Like it's hard to do other things with your, with your roster. Yeah. You can really just go from Moreau to O'Shaughnessy. Like. <laughs> Which theoretically <laughs> could be like a game of five points in theory. But like, you know, if you're behind by a point and you're looking like everybody's yeah. got, yeah, I mean, look, it's just something you can do. And, you know, if, if you're playing for first, <laughs> yeah, Batches of Holians, the guy that's going to take it to first place for sure. But you understand the concept, obviously. Yeah. yeah. That is, uh, oh, go ahead. No, that I agree. That's week 13, boys. Uh, any, any overarching thoughts before before we get out of here? Uh, you know, Dago, by all means, thoughts as far as the slate? You have a favorite game stack? Uh, anything that's worth noting or worth monitoring as uh, we, we lead up to Sunday? I do like taking the cheapies and Washington Raiders and trying to build around them. Uh, even if everyone plays Moreau, I just wonder how many people are going to play Moreau and Deshaun Jackson and Antonio Gibson. Like maybe you just take the discounts 
and then look elsewhere for your stacks. Uh, and then I'll also be playing the the Cooper Cup Odell Beckham game theory one. I just I'm just how many people are going to stuff both? How many people play Beckham and Van Jefferson instead? So yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking to right now. The Eagles are trash in uh, in the chat said y'all are tripping on Morneau. I promise. Like we're not nobody's here saying Morneau's good, right? We're not saying that, <laughs> but like we know the world of a salary cap, and like he's one of those guys that helps you get the guys that are actually good. Like that's just how we don't think he's great. I'm assuming I'm hoping it's not coming off that way. Like oh yeah, Morneau is going to like just put. A, 108 catches like that that's not what you need that's not where he's priced at just think it's worth throwing well, it out think, there and... I, I don't know I, I think Moreau is kind of good now he's not going to get 100 yards <laughs> a touchdown but <laughs> he, like, he comped a George Kittle at a college like he's he's a touchdown scorer he's awesome did he win the mother effing Mackey no hell no oh he played for LSU before they threw the football <clears throat> oh well yeah that was a lot of fun for sure uh, all right. Do you have any final thoughts? I don't mean to neglect you, Rebar. By all means, give some final thoughts or just tell the people. I mean, look, at this point, week 13, if they're not following you, if they're not, you know, checking out your work at Sharp Football Analysis, it's probably too late. It's probably not going to happen. They're probably, like, oh, week 15? <laughs> they're probably yeah. either following at this point or they're not. But in case they're not, uh, you know never know who finds this show, but uh, you know, likes DFS takes. But yeah, you know, at Sharp Football Analysis, I write about all these games and players. So if you want to check that out, feel free. Uh, other than that, at Lord Reeves on Twitter, and uh, yeah, once again, shout out my wife. Fifteen years, congratulations! This, but yeah, you know, hey, <laughs> where are you, are you going to a, like a fancy dinner of some sort? Nah, just I mean, you know, obviously in season. I mean, listen, I did when we got when I married, I didn't even know jobs like this existed, so there was no foresight in, in having a December wedding. Uh, you know, so I yeah, I wouldn't have gotten married during football season. So your friends were so mad at years. you. How mad were your friends? You got married in December. Like, come on. Was it on a Sunday or not a Sunday? No, no, no. Um, no, we got married on Saturday. So yeah. So, right. But yeah, it's you know, I, I would have done it again later in life, uh, if I'd have known that football would be something I'd be doing. So we just deal with it every year. I had I had a friend get married on Super Bowl weekend. I still haven't forgiven him for it. It's been like a day. Yeah. No, no, we don't want to done anything like that, but it was yeah, December was what it was. You got to step in and make an executive decision and say, like, listen, not super, uh, you know, whatever. I want to compromise and all that, but come no, on. No, we did it. We worked around because, you know, where I live, obviously everyone is glued in on like Ohio State, Michigan. So it's always the, the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So like, we're, and obviously we're going to tie it close to the holiday anyways. But so there was a lot of like, well, if we're going to do it, this is the one week you can do it. Bagel, uh, tell the people where they can follow your podcast, where they can follow your well, one of 17 shows you, you pop up on as well. Uh, your Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, good football show, iTunes, Spotify. I will be playing golf at Texas Rangers course in honor of Reeves' wedding on Saturday morning. And also, right, you can baby. just subscribe to the NBC Sports Edge YouTube page where I do a DFS recap show live at halftime of Sunday Night Football at Najee Daigle on Twitter as well. If you know the person who no longer watched this show because they tuned in last week to David Johnson takes, tell them to come back for another week. <laughs> That was John Daigle. That was Rich Rebar. That was the NFL Pick 6 Show, Week 13. Good luck on your matchups. Hit that like button your way out. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notifications, all that stuff. I was Dean. We're out of here. Oh.